Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Thank you for being here today. I'm glad your mamas didn't sleep in. This is to be a day to sleep in, Mother's Day, but it's better that you came to the house of God. And I uh, hope this is a blessed day for you. Thank you for choosing One Cause Church. And also those of you who did sleep in and now are with us by live stream. Uh, we're grateful. To, I'm just kidding. We're grateful to have you with us. God bless you. And uh, for all of our faithful podcast subscribers, we love you very much. Me and, me and Charlie both love you very much. Isn't that right, Charlie? Yeah. Amen. All right. Amen. Praise God. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Ruth. Ruth. I have titled today's message. Gentlemen, don't, don't, please don't check out on me. I know you're here and you're like, oh man, got to hear a girl sermon. <laughs> this is going to be a good message for you. It's for everybody, okay? So I titled it True Grit. All right, because true grit, this is, this is what it really means. It's firmness of mind. It's, I mean, I, obviously, I see John Wayne uh, when I see uh, those words. That's the image that comes up. Firmness of mind and unyielding courage. That's what true grit means. Firmness of mind and unyielding courage. And we're going to find, actually, one of the greatest examples of true grit in the story of Ruth. And uh, Ruth was on the outside looking in. She was not part of the club. She was part of a foreign nation called Moab. She came out of, uh, and so Moab was, was not, just, not just a foreign nation, but they were actually enemies to Israel for many, many years. And uh, they had lots of skirmishes, lots of wars, and God had given Israel, uh, the people of God, specific instructions to not marry into the Moabite tribe or the Moabite people. Didn't want, those, didn't want them mixing with them because they were hardcore, bacon-eating, shrimp-eating pagans. <laughs> That's my assumption. But the story of Ruth, though, is, is really a, a, a ray of sunshine in a very dark time in the, in the story uh, of Israel itself. But th- this, there's a story, this is a story of loss. This is a story of grief. Uh, this is a story of faithful devotion. It's a great story of love. Uh, it's a story of favor and redemption, a story of a Gentile coming to the family of Israel, coming into the family of Israel. She's really our story. We, we can identify with her because we as Gentiles, uh, that is, we make up 99.8% of the world's population, something like that. So for the most part, when God told Paul, you're going to go to the Gentiles, what he meant is Peter and those guys are going to like 0.2% and you, you're preaching to the rest of the world. All right, so um, it, we... we cover the globe. And so she was in that. And so we find our story in Ruth's story all the way back here in the Old Testament. And uh, this, this book opens up with a family of four. And uh, they've been forced out, though, of Israel, their hometown, Bethlehem, and into the land of Moab just so they can survive because a severe famine has come into the, the country. And so now they're just trying to survive. And so they're amongst foreign people, uh, people they're not necessarily friends with or, or they're friends with them. But here they are, and so they're going to make the best of it. And these four people that are introduced, there's a man by the name of Elimelech. Let's all make a friend of that word. Elimelech. If you say it enough, you'll start talking in tongues. Elimelech, which means my God is king. I like the That's a strong name, isn't it? Elimelech. Naomi means pleasant. I have a niece and a sister, both 
with the name Naomi. And then there's a, a character here who is Elimelech and Naomi had two sons, the first one being Malon, M-A-H-L-O-N, and it means sick. I don't know why. Of all the names you could name your child, you would name them sick. Or Chilion or Chilion or Kilion. I don't know how to pronounce that, but I'm just doing my best. When I saw Chili, I thought, C-H-I-L-I, it's Chili, O-N. Chili is on, Chilion, all right. And it means pining or wasting, all right? So for you moms-to-be, like right here, right here, try to name your children something other than sick or wasting, all right? You've got a lot of other good options. Anyway, so these two boys, they get over there to Moab, and the, the, the dad, Elimelech, passes away. So then they're there for like 10 years. These two boys go ahead and do what they're not supposed to do, but, you know, they're, they, they're not anywhere else. They don't really have much choice, you know? It's like trying to find your wife at the bar, you know. It's just not, not the greatest option, but I'm in Moab, so I'm going to do the best I can. And so um, they marry two Moabite women. So uh, one of them is Orpah, O-R-P-A-H, not to be confused, with Oprah. This is Orpah and Ruth. Ruth is the other one. So they're in Moab there for 10 years, and then Naomi's two sons die. Well, go figure. I mean, she named them sick and wasting, right? You can't expect these kids to have potential for long life. Uh, But now she's widowed. Think about this. This is a terrible loss for Naomi. She's lost her husband, and now she's lost both of her sons. And now she has these two daughters-in-law who are Moabites. This is it. This This is her heritage. And... She decides finally it's time to go back to Jerusalem. She had heard that the Lord had come and helped, uh, or, or to, to Israel and come and helped uh, the, the land. And now the, they've got bread again, foods, the economy's coming back up. So she decides to go back. And, um, and so she gives instructions to her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. She says, you need to go back to your people, back to your gods, remarry. You know, you're young enough, start a new family. And I mean, if you want to wait for me to have babies, you can do that. Uh, but that's going to be a long wait. So uh, it's just better that you go home. And then we're going to pick up in verse 14 of Ruth 1. It says, Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Ruth clung to her. Remember that. And she said, Look, this is Naomi speaking to Ruth. Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people. I mean, Orpah says, That's a good idea. She leaves, and as she's walking off, Ruth is hanging on to Naomi. She says, She's gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after her. Return after your sister-in-law. Verse 16. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. You might have heard this, this, these next few words at a wedding. I know that they, these were part of our wedding vows. Isn't that what you said to me? I think you did. It's been, it's been a minute. Uh, watch this you got to think about everything that she's saying here. This is an incredible devotion here. This is an incredible vow that she's making. For wherever you go, I will go. 16. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Whoa. This is a life change. This isn't just moving down the street to another house. This is a whole new life. Leaving her home, leaving her people, leaving her way of worship. Your God, my God, and then 17, and she really nails it here. Where you die, I will die. In other words, I'm here till the end. And there 
will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me. If anything but death parts you and me. Ruth made up her mind. She made this decision. She made up her mind for good. Firmness of mind and unyielding courage. This woman is a true definition of what true grit is. She would no longer identify with her people, her homeland, or her gods. She would abandon it all to be with Naomi. And she would even be willing to forfeit a husband and children. Remember, she's a Moabitess. The chances of her marrying a Jew or a Hebrew are not good. They have specific instructions from God not to do that. So she's willing to forget everything to be able to be with Naomi. It's a huge sacrifice. And, and, and you have to understand that in those times... Um, the men were the providers for the home. They were the ones who brought the security. And a woman alone, um, many times, starved to death. Didn't have somebody to look out for them. They couldn't just go have the kind of jobs and the freedom you do today, ladies. Whole different mindset, whole different time. So she's making a huge sacrifice. And I want to focus on her worst on Naomi for the next few minutes, okay? And uh, look what she says here. Wherever you go, or she says, don't Tell me to leave you, please, or to turn back from following after you for wherever you go, I will go. Everybody say this with me. Devotion to leadership. Devotion to leadership. And then she says, wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Devotion to home. All right, let's try that one more time, like full class participation. Devotion to home. All right, good. Your people shall be my people. Devotion to fellowship. And your God, my God. Devotion to worship. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. Devotion for life. All right, all of these aspects of devotion are critical keys to living our lives with stability and security. I love the sound of a baby in church. That didn't bother me one bit. I love it. That tells me two things. Mama's bringing her baby to church, and she believes in that baby having the right to live. Amen. Wherever you go, I will go. Devotion to leadership. And I know that you can attest to this, but the testimony in my life is I am where I am because of who I'm following. Mostly, that's my dad. I follow my wife around. She leads me around by the nose quite a bit, but she's a great wife. I need that, though. Where are we going today, honey? Put my leash on. That's my perspective, not hers. She's, it's not even the true perspective. All right, I'm just digging. Get me up! Where was I? Lord, I just, fear just entered my life. Wait, we have a talk later. Following, yes. And my dad is the, is the biggest influencer in my life, next to Jesus, of course. But Jesus has used him a lot. And I, I, I think I get the best of both worlds. He's not only my dad, but he's also my pastor, and he's taught me a lot of things. And one of the principles that he taught me about life is you, you are only going as far as the person that you're following, and, and you need to follow well so that you can lead well, because if you don't follow well, you won't lead well. And be willing to submit even, even when you don't agree, even when you don't agree. And that's where submission is really known. The power of submission is to be willing to follow and be willing to honor your leader and 
Uh, I appreciate that. It's, it's the way God designed it. You know, we're all called to follow and to lead in one way or another, right? I mean, you've, when you're growing up, you're following your parents. Yeah, you follow your teachers, hopefully, and your coaches, your pastor, uh, your boss. You could put wife there. Um, we, we follow the rules, right? Um, but you lead your children. Kind of this, the, the roles change then. You, we lead students if you're a teacher or speaking in somebody's life. We lead employees. So you can't expect others to follow if, you, if you're not following a leader. Devotion to leadership is not always an easy task. It can be trying, and it will absolutely be inconvenient. And it can be fearful at times. But here's something I learned. The, there's more safety in submission than there is in the rebellion. Much more safety than there is in the rebellion or to disobey. My dad taught me how to swim when I was five years old. I don't know how conventional this was. And uh, I would say, you know, back, back then, it, you just did exactly what they told you to do. And um, that's the way it was, the way it should be. And he was a, he was a student at Christ for the Nations. And... Uh, so at our apartment complex there on campus, we had this little kidney-shaped pool. And so he took me out there one day. He's like, son, I'm going to teach you how to swim. I said, okay. And so he says, get on my back. So I got on his back, and he said, all right, put your arms around my neck. And, and I've got one instruction for you. One instruction. Don't let go. I, oh, it's easy. Okay, Dad. Well, he jumps in the water and then just starts swimming underwater. I'm like, this, when, uh, when are we going up? I'm starting to panic because he tells me to take a deep breath. Well, you know, first time doing that, you don't know how deep a breath you should take. You just, okay, I'm ready. And in just a couple of seconds, I'm panicking, right? So I let go, and I swim, you know, the service as best I could, and I'm coughing and spewing, and then my backside paid immensely for that because I didn't do what he told me to do. He said, don't let go. I said, I think I got it now. So I wrapped myself around him again. And we went underwater. And after a while, he told me, he said, son, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to let you drown. I love you. You got to just trust me. And once he reassured me after the spanking, that was, was a much easier way to digest that. And so ever since then, as a matter of fact, because he taught me first by just being underwater, that's the way I swim. I don't ever hardly ever swim on top of the water. I'm always underneath. And, and then he would put, drop some coins in that pool so they'd sink down to where the, the drain is in the six-foot end of the pool. Now, that's a long way down the bottom when you're five years old, but I could do it. And he said, whatever money you get, you get to keep. Also, pick up the leaves while you're down there, too. <laughs> anyway, the, the, your devotion, your choice to follow your leader the leaders God has placed in your life is absolutely for your good. It's for your growth. It's for your protection. It's for your progress. Make a decision to, to devote yourself to follow them. Listen to their advice. Follow their instructions. Glean everything you can from them. I told the 9 o'clock service this, 9.30 service. Leaders are not perfect, but leaders are from God. Amen? So, Because uh, without devotion and leadership, there's chaos eventually. Look at verse 16. And wherever you lodge... I will lodge. This is devotion to home. 
This is about stability. This is about predictability, settling it in your heart that this is home. That's why it's important. It's important when it comes to your church, amen, to get your roots down and be at home there, to your, even your own house, to be in that marriage, to, to be there present with your children, amen. Uh, and even on the job, devote yourself to wherever you are. Well, this ain't what I want to do for the rest of your life, but act like it is. Act like it is. Just give yourself fully to it. Amen. God will make sure that you get promoted and blessed. Amen. When you devote yourself to these things, uh, not only does it help settle you, but also those that are around you. Because now you become someone that they can depend on. Someone that they can trust. Someone they can rely on. And it brings a lot of comfort. So don't uh, allow um, circumstances and allow even some what seems to be some good opportunities to rob you of just being at home. In these, these times of great instability, devote yourself. Be a beacon of stability for your family, for your neighbors, for your friends, for your community. Amen? Yeah. And wherever you are, be there. Amen. Stay married. How about that? Let's do that. Yeah. Stay married. Amen. Teach your children. Lead your children. Yeah. Be in and serve in church. I got, a good, I got a good suggestion for a church for you to be a, a part of. It's, um, it's a little ways from here. Give... give <laughs> It's like right over here. <laughs> Give everything that you've got. Get your roots down deep. Your people, watch this, verse 16. Your people shall be my people. This is talking about devotion to fellowship. Now, this is all about who you hang out with. What does the scripture teach us about our company? Hmm? You are only as good as the company that you keep. That's it. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good people. All right, not the other way around. Bad company. Uh, you, don't, you don't want to, uh, you got to choose your fellowship wisely. And the best place to find it is here in the house of God with other believers. Amen. Your in-laws, how about that? <laughs> no, not one amen on in-laws. <laughs> your in-laws. <laughs> I am very blessed to have the in-laws I do. I have. I really am. Do, do, here's the thing, because when you married your spouse, you pretty much married all of them, so you need to just get used to that. Yeah. Celebrate them. Pray for them. If your mother-in-law jokes are your favorite jokes, you might have some issues. All right? Speaking of, this guy uh, brings his dog into the vet, and uh, he asked him to cut his dog's tail off. And the vet look, inspects the tail, and he says, well, son, there, there ain't nothing wrong with that tail. He said, why you want to cut it off? He said, well, because my mother-in-law's coming over, and I don't want anyone in the house to make her think she's welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to laugh at that. Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 says, therefore, don't tell your mother-in-law that joke, all right? Therefore, as we have opportunity, watch this, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Devote yourself to fellowship by praying for one another, speaking well of and to one another. Amen. Got some good advice for you today. Be kind. Right? Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind. My mother used to sing this song to me all the time. My brother and I, we'd be fighting about every other hour. 
And then all of a sudden I hear this, Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you too, too. Twiddly do, Ephesians 4.32. That was it. Heard that song a million times a day, you know. But it stuck. The song stuck. I don't know about being kind, but forgive one another, love one another. Remember how you treat his body, my family, is how you're treating him. All right? Because he doesn't get any glory. He doesn't think you love him if you don't love each other. As a matter of fact, he knows you don't. We're lying if we say we love God and hate our brother. So you kind. And your God, verse 16, and your God, my God. What a move this is. Devotion to worship. Ruth no longer wanted to identify with the pagan gods of her people. She wanted the God of Naomi. The one true living God. This God who made the heavens and the earth. This is not a God who's made with man's hands. He, she devoted herself to worship him and only him. Um, on February the 15th in 2015, you might remember seeing this on the news. This incident that took place where these Coptic Christians were killed for their faith by ISIS. Or some call them ISIL, whatever they are. They're jackasses. Anyway... All of them, all of them died that day. They were given an opportunity to convert to their radical Islam religion. And upon uh, them giving them that option, none of them chose that option. But they heard them saying, Ya Rabbi Yasu, Ya Rabbi Yasu, Ya Rabbi Yasu, which means Jesus my Lord, Jesus is my Lord, or oh my Lord Jesus. And they're muttering, Ya Rabbi Yasu. And all of them on February the 15th, 2015, lost their lives for their undying faith. And on the video that was put out by these Muslim freaks, the, it had this caption on the video that read, People of the Cross, followers of the hostile Egyptian church. Oh, those guys are the hostile ones. Oh, okay. After the beheadings, the Coptic Orthodox Church released their names, but there were only 20 names. But in the video, there's 21 men. And the ISIS leader's victim, the guy in the camo there, that's the leader of the group. You see, one of these guys does not look like the others. That man right there, Matthew, Ar how do you pronounce it? Ayariga, is not a Coptic Christian. He was from Ghana, West Africa. And he was just swept up with these other workers. And as he's there on his knees, it's reported some who spoke with his family come to find out that he wasn't even a Christian before this moment. But it was reported that he said in this moment, as he's watching one after another declare Jesus his Lord and denounce this other way and pay for it with their lives. When they asked him if he would reject Jesus Christ, he said something to the tune of, from this moment, their God is my God. And Matthew paid for it with his life. This man, if this story is true, if this report is true, and I did lots of research on it, and it's some, you know, it's kind of back and forth. But if this is true, this man lived his life as an unbeliever, and imagine this, in one moment, 
He's wearing a martyr's crown. As for this moment, in this moment, today, their God is my God. Your devotion to worship the one true and living God is an amazing, an amazing witness to the entire world. But let me tell you something. Be ready for persecution. Be ready. Be ready for trouble. Be ready for ridicule. Because that's the world we're living in. Jesus said, don't be surprised that they hate you. They hated me too. Huh? Well, how do you worship? Do you just walk around singing all these songs that faith sings? Well, that's a good, I mean, that's one way to worship him. But you can worship him with your attitude. Oh, man, why you got to start talking about that, preacher? Yeah, you can worship him with your attitude, your words, your actions, how you perform on the job. Amen. speaks volumes to your worship of God. Because the scripture says, whatever you do, do it with your whole heart as to the Lord, not to men. Because your Father in heaven is going to reward you. Amen. Because these are things, your attitude, your words, your actions, these are things others can see and hear. And Jesus said, let your light shine so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And I love the Apostle Paul. He comes up with this. He says, uh, uh, in Romans 12, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, he, he summed it all up after what Jesus has done for me, laying down his life for me, he taking the judgment and the penalty for my sins and carrying out the sentence himself. He became sin. He died for my sins so that I wouldn't have to die from my sins. He was buried into me. He rose from the dead. He's the one who reconciled me back to God. What's the reasonable response to that? Oh, yeah, total worship. <laughs> my undying affection to offer up this body, to offer up each day of my life, each emotion, amen, each word, each action, each thought. It's only reasonable that I offer it up to him as a living sacrifice. As a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 13 says, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. You know what that means? God wants to hear from you. He didn't believe in silent prayer. <laughs> he didn't believe in silent. He opened the fruit of your lips. Let me hear from you. Because your tongue, your tongue has is, is got a unique print to it by itself. Just, as, just like your fingerprint or your thumbprint, your tongue also has a print. And God wants to hear what your tongue has to say. He wants to hear from you. Come on, can we just take a moment to thank him right now? Can we offer up something from our lips? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you, Lord. It's only reasonable that we offer up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Thank you that you saved us. Amen. You brought us out of darkness and into the kingdom of your dear son, the the son of your love. So that when you, you worship then, it's not based upon how others treat you or do or not do. That, that, forget all that. But because he died for you. And because he came to seek you out and to save you. When you're devoted and you worship to God, you make it evident. Though you're in this world, you're not of this world. Amen. Praise God. Fin I'll finish with this. Verse 17. Where you die, she says, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord does do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Devotion. Devotion for life. Devotion for life. <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. In, in, in Austria, where Nathan was born, actually. An uh, Austrian newspaper reported the story of a man who was taken to court by an old girlfriend for bigamy 
11 years after they were married on a whim in Las Vegas, in a Las Vegas chapel. The man took his girlfriend uh, to Las Vegas in 2004, and while touring the city, they decided spontaneously to tie the knot at a place called White Wedding Chapel. It cost $25. (laughs) And the man says, the reverend only asked us one question. He says, do you believe in God? He said, that's it. That was the whole ceremony. So I didn't think, I didn't take the ceremony seriously. And uh, their relationship uh, obviously didn't last, broke up a short time later. But 11 years later, he finds himself in 2015. He's now 55 years old. Uh, He had married another woman. And when registering the marriage, failed to mention this previous ceremony that had taken place in Las Vegas back in 2004, considering it more of a joke than, you know, an actual marriage. But unfortunately, his ex-wife did not see it that way. So she caught wind of his new marriage and decided to inform the authorities that the man was still married at the time of his second wedding. And as a result, he had to face a judge in a regional court. And when the judge asked the man why he didn't mention uh, the Vegas wedding in the registration process, he said, I felt that I was not married. I didn't think that the ceremony in Vegas had legal validity in Austria. Well, he ended up paying 5,000 euros. As easy as it is to become a child of God, it's a whole other experience to walk and live for him. You know, he made it easy to come into the kingdom, right? Didn't he? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. How easy is that? Believe this gospel. But then living this life of faith, um, living a life that reflects your faith in God, there's the challenge. And your lifelong devotion to Christ, however, does get easier as you keep on living it. It really does. As you keep your eyes fixed on Him, you keep heaven in your thoughts. Hmm. You stay in prayer. You stay in the Word of God. Stay aware of eternal things, your greater reality. Amen. As a believer, as a spirit who lives in this body. Being an active member amongst his people. And remembering this, that he is totally devoted to you. And you know, Jesus Christ does not regret dying for your sins. He doesn't ever regret the day that he brought you into the family. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture that says he's not ashamed to call us family. Imagine that. I mean, if anybody has a reason. You got family members you're ashamed of? You don't have to raise your hand. Just, just keep looking straight ahead. They might be sitting right here next to you. And you got family members, you know, that... That once a year family reunion is plenty for you for the year, right? Maybe every five years. We just try to keep that distance. But, you know, you got family members that, but Jesus, if anybody has a right to be ashamed, it's him and he's not. He's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of you, any of you in here. Wow. Being that he's totally devoted to you, he doesn't even question his devotion. And the more, I don't know about you, but the more I've come to know him, the more I love him. And devoting myself to him is not a burden, it's a, it's a joyful experience, something I get to do. One last verse of scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.15, let's bring that up, listen to this. And he died for all, say that's, that includes me, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Devotion to leadership. Be submitted, be a good follower and you'll be a good leader. Devotion to home. Get your roots down. Be there. Be there. Be there. Be there. Amen. Devotion to fellowship. So important that you get around people of faith. 
People who will encourage you. People who will stir you up. Who kind of agitate you toward good things. Amen? Stir one another. Provoke one another to good things. Devotion to worship. Devotion to worship. Fully giving your devotion to Him. And devotion for life. Understanding that you, this life that we have here is a gift, but this life on earth is temporary. Amen. You're in this world. You're not of it. You're of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Kingdom that has no end. Keep eternity in mind all the time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. And Lord, I thank you for the example that we have um, from this great woman of faith who was on the outside but decided, I don't want to be on the outside anymore. I want everything that has to do with a relationship with God. And because of that, Lord, thank you. Ruth, the Moabitess on the outside, became the great-grandmother of King David himself. And later on, Jesus Christ (laughs) would be born of her lineage. What an amazing story. I pray, God, that all of us would learn this today, that we would be people with true grit who are courageous unyielding courage God firmness of mind that we are going to be people who are devoted to our God spirit soul and body I thank you Lord for everyone that's here under the sound of my voice and I want to just talk to you for just a second Maybe you're here and you can identify with Ruth in this way that you're, you feel like you're on the outside when it comes to this whole Christian experience, the whole Christian experience, the whole church thing, the whole family of God. But listen, you don't have to leave here feeling on the outside still. It's as simple as this. It's not about becoming a member of One Cause Church, even though we'd love to have you. It's about deciding today that you're going to believe on Him who believes in you, who loves you, and did everything that he could, poured out his blood, his body was broken to pieces so that you wouldn't be punished for your sins. Today you can receive him by simply saying, Jesus, thank you that you did that for me. I believe you died for my sins. And I believe that you rose again the third day. Come live in my life. I confess you as Lord of my life. It's that simple. In that moment, a miracle happens. It's called new birth. You become born all over again. And now he comes to live on the inside of you and is with you all the time. He doesn't just come visit you. He's here to stay. And he loves you. And he wants the best for your life. Today, don't leave here without making that number one decision. Of all the great things you can do in this life, all the great decisions you can make, the career you're going to have, who you're going to marry, what kind of car you're going to drive, okay, that's great. Make sure you cover the most important thing believe on him to receive this free gift of salvation Um, also one more thing if you're here today and you need healing specifically in your body I want to pray for you just raise your hand where you're sitting you don't just right where you're sitting I'm gonna pray for you Lord thank you because on in the same afternoon that Jesus Christ his blood was shed for your sins his body was broken for your healing and we believe that Healing is just available to you as much as his forgiveness is. And boy, is it ever available. Father, thank you for these who have their hands raised. We declare right now in Jesus' name, you sent your word and you healed them. And you delivered them from their destruction. I declare right now, right now in Jesus' name, no weapon that is formed against them will prosper. 
These bodies right now are receiving a healing invasion, and it is blowing apart and removing every form of infirmity, sickness, disease, pain. In the name of Jesus, you carried all of that for us, Jesus, so that we don't have to. So we declare your healing power right now to infiltrate and to take over that every tissue, every cell, every fiber of their being would operate and function at peak proficiency according to how you created it to function in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.